<laughs> it sounds yeah. mad, but you have to kill me to stop me, man. I'm, I'm coming, man. Yeah, man. Come hear me. it like an old song. Feel it like an old song. Can't rest, can't rest, won't rest. Believing in the process. Every day's a progress. Slow steps, I need my own clothes. Next. Welcome to the Real Life Curriculum Podcast. I'm here with Ezra, Ez Cuts. And yeah, let's get into it. How are you, bro? Good, man. Good. So, just to start off, just to tell people, can you tell us a bit about you and the shop and how it come about? Yeah, um, the shop kind of came about my by me. I was doing mobile barbering before, so I had like a, I set it up like I had been a business card at the time, and I was kind of thinking, how can I, how can I make some money from cutting hair? That's what it was. I just need to get by. But back then, you're going back like 10, 11 years ago when I was doing it mobile. So I was just like, you know, is you know, nine to five, you're thinking. It ain't cutting it. I need something a bit extra. So I was always find, I was always trying to find a balance. Being a Libra as well, I don't really do Starbucks, but I, I like my balance looking oh, okay. a certain way. So when it was like after work, I'm like, yo, I've just used that and I've just worked for that. So why can't I top that up? So then it's not less pressure for pressure on me going to work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was just doing people's hair around Leicester and anywhere really, as long as people paid what I, I, I requested and. Back then it was like five, ten pounds. And then you gotta start somewhere though. Gotta start yeah. somewhere, man. Gotta start somewhere. And then it just kinda developed into more people being um you know, how can I put it, just prepared knowing that I'm like, yeah, I'm here. And then I started to be renowned to know that oh yeah, he cuts hair. He's the music guy, he cuts hair. Cause before that I was playing instruments and then uh I was playing bass. And then even being a musician at the time, it was it was a highlight. It's what I wanted to do, always going around, do world tours and stuff like that. And then um, I kind of d- did that from since the age of like 12, 13, just self-taught musician. I was playing in and out of church. And then like, uh, yeah, it became my passion. Music, yeah? Yeah, music was my passion. So I was like, I don't really want to cut. When you say when you say to me cutting hair, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it was to get back. Yeah. So just a bit like back to the Ez cuts the barber shop. Mm. So from when you first started to now, what did you have to do to get it to this position it is now? I put in too much work. Crazy work. Um, sleep, non-existent. Do you know what I mean? I remember being, I mean, the first shop, I had a, I had a close friend, very close. We got close because I was working at Graffiti's at the time. And I met, I met his brother, Luther Wilding. He plays for Stevenage at the moment. He's the one that just kept Coutinho in his pocket. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, he had it in ranks. But I cut his hair first. And then um, he, uh, his brother, Courtney, came in and he played for Aston Villa. I think he was in the academy. So he's walked in, he's a little chest out and that, and he's just say, yo, yeah man, I need to get my hair cut. And then they started to hear, hear about my trims whilst I was at graffitis. So I was like, if I'm at graffitis and you're only supposed to know about the main, the, the guy there, which is Alberto, how do you know about, you? You know about me? So I'm already, I'm already thinking to myself, I'm one to sort of me, you know, <laughs> but you're not real. I'm not realizing it. Yeah. I'm still not realizing it. And, I learned I learned by being at the shop 
for a certain amount of time just to see how he deals with his clients and stuff. So I was always learning from olders and I, I got a lot of respect for barbers, but I feel like they have their time and then the younger ones, they have their time and we keep going because obviously you're representing Leicester, you're not representing, um, you know, in London, people represent London barbers here. There shouldn't ever be no competition. You represent a place where you're at. So yeah, I just used that as a stepping stone, moved on and um, we got close. Caught me and Courtney, even though he's younger than me, but his mindset was very different compared to a lot of people that seen his age. And um, yeah, he built up a good relationship. And then fast forward, we got the shop, and then he was in here with me, like slugging it out. My cousin as well. And then I remember chatting to my cousin at the time. He's like, "Yo, you need to get a shop, you know." And at this time, I'm working at Swiss Canal. So I'm working at Swiss Canal and I'm thinking, ah, this shop, man. Obviously, it's a good shop at the time because it gets a lot of foot traffic. But I can't understand what everyone is saying in there. So it was a bit of a cultural difference. So we got on and that for me, that was probably the first time I said, I have to get on with this because I knew I had a son coming into this world. So I was like, I'm at Swiss Canal. I can't stay here, bro. You need your own thing. I can't stay here. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, no, this ain't happening. So then from there, I said, I've got to go and get a shop. So found the place, seen the location. It was in the catchment area of students and stuff like that, which I didn't even really know. I was just like, I just need something. It's just decent amount of rent that I can get, get through. So I want to take a risk, but I calculated one. Okay. And um, yeah, it just so happened that, yeah, it started to go well. And it, it started to, formulate a really good strategic move in, in how my finances were coming and we was working from say six in the morning to till five in the morning and, and that's when certain people around me will see my work ethic there's like you you can't see no one's work ethic until they set up a business until you set up a business you'll see everyone's work ethic you know what i mean yeah I you, you, you know a, a person that goes and works in a warehouse for instance yeah everyone gets shift patterns but you'll get that one guy that'll be like i want all the hours give me more and then the manager will say whoa legally we only can give you 48 hours i was that guy that was saying yo give me 60 hours do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so you wanted that more i wanted it more and when you reach that maximum potential in anywhere you work when you put when you put it into business now people see me as yo you're always working but that's what you're going to see because that's what i am I'm just a workhorse, bro. Action, not just talking. Action, bro. Because I'm already thinking, let me make, I need to make a certain amount of money to go and invest it into this. Or I need to make this. Like, people will talk about running on road trapping and that. But I tell you now, their work ethic is crazy. That's just how it is. You're not going to invest anything into anybody unless their work ethic is 10-10. So I use that as the, the, the formula of where I need to get to and that's what that's what kind of I mean there was a lot of sacrifices a lot of things that that took place you had corona that got in the way so I had to for, I had to strategically move my business onto like online bookings only prepayment and stuff like that yeah. so I was always just watching the market and seeing how we can do certain things and then yeah man I look back now and I'm thinking 
would I have done anything differently? But I think to myself, no. I mean, I've had to let some people go or even find out what they're like, what their true intentions are. You know what I mean? Some man's intentions are not the same. Like, you ask someone's intentions, like, what's your intention? They can't answer that question because they're planning something. And I always sometimes look a man in the face and go, what's your intentions, bro? What is it you want from me? And if they can't answer me, I know there's something. There's like a glitch in their face and like, ah, yeah. He's not supposed to be in my life then. See ya. So even on that, for you, how important is like environment and the people you have around you? Oh, it's, it's important because you, 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 your, biz- your business is like your ship. You're sailing that. So if everyone on that ship ain't doing their job, you ain't a good captain. You know what I mean? You, you say to the guy, how come he ain't rowing in sync with the other guy? Now we're steering the ship wrong way. The guy that's doing the sails, you just watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I like that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> the, guy, the guy at the top's trying to sail the thing. He's, he don't have a clue how to put the thing up. So everyone really... You're trying to bring out the initiative of every single person that you have around you for them to know that the thing can run smooth. And if it ain't running smooth, then it starts to annoy me. And it's not even annoying me on like, oh, I'm the captain, I'm the boss. Everyone can be in a boss in their own right. Because someone will have to be the boss when the captain jumps off the boat. Because that's when the real initiative, real, real initiative kicks in when there's a problem. But more time, if you're still coming to me with the problem, it means you ain't ready to run your own stuff. Ain't run, you know what I mean? Because you see me doing the same thing over and over again. So why can't you run it like the boss, like the captain? So that's them kind of things that annoy me when I can't, when you know, when that ain't happening. So just similar to like what you're saying, but I just a question for you. So like since having the shop, have you had any? setbacks and if if so are you able to share one sort of what happened and how yeah. you dealt with that yeah the, the, the setback was getting um was getting an extension put on the shop so this extension that you got now obviously this came about by it came at the right time um but the but during the process of actually getting it done you know you got builders they're good, but it's just it just took too long, and I'm I'm an impatient person. It's, if you're telling me a time, and you don't get here on time, and you're telling me you finishing, you starting at nine, you finishing at two, like how much work did you actually get done? Because that's not a full day to me. A full day to me is nine to nine. Some people go nine to five. No, I'm that nine to nine. So obviously you're you only can go by how they like I said before that their work ethic. And then you realise, well, that's why they're in the same position they're in because they haven't got that... That extra. That extra. If they put that extra in, they'll get more clients. They'll get more business. Do you know? Um, yeah, I, just feel, I just feel there's a lot of setbacks to money. I mean, I use, the, I use a bounce-back loan and I'm being transparent. No, no, nobody on this podcast needs to know my finances or whatever, but I, I use a bounce-back loan and at a time when everyone was using the bounce-back loan, I've seen people flying around at SVRs using it the wrong way let me flip this let me buy this watch all that and I was thinking nah you lot have missed the boat you lot you lot, you lot have missed the trick here but it's cool 
I got something up my sleeve. And then I, I, I seen the money there and I and I was having discussions with a lot with, with a few of my brethren. And I said, What do you think you should do? And he's like, if I was you, man, I just get this, get put it on a house, do that. There's no way of doing it on a house. There's no way of buying a house which would have it wouldn't have make it it wouldn't have made what it's making now if that makes sense. So what I did, um I put all my I put it I put all the all the chips on the table man and just went for it again. So it was like a risk within yeah, risked risked it. I was just like, yo, if it don't work, it don't work. But at the time the shop was highly valuable because of who I was cutting at the time. So there was only there was the only way was up. There was no other way of of, of going. It was just up. I was like, yo, I've got to take this opportunity now. Even the landlord came here is like, why you spend so much money in the shop? And I was like, you don't even know you're on this stuff. You don't know. You don't even know why. You always have to add value to your business, no matter what. So if you don't, you just stay mediocre like everybody else. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not stopping like that. And I'm obviously you drive around less than you've seen. Now you're seeing loads of businesses popping up, looking all nice and bougie. See restaurants, giving off better customer services. You got this farmhouse place in what Coventry. Everyone drives there from Leicester because of one thing customer service how the thing looks how to get the food all of that so I was thinking I need to do that in barbering and I think I need to take it to the next level and then everyone here now all the barbers understand like the vision of where we're going and um, if I didn't take the risk it would have created a lot of opportunities for other young people to be in it so like it's created like free job opportunities so that's crazy like for me to say the business is helping people who've got families who are progressing, who want to be like that. They've actually seen the progression from it being nothing. And that is, yeah, that's unique in a way. So if they don't respect the business, at least everybody else that's came here can see that as well. So it's, it's, it's fine with me. And uh, me taking that risk, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was worth the risk, the bounce back loan. I mean, that's all you need sometimes is the corona happened, but if the, if corona didn't happen, all these devastation things happen. Like, you, you're clocking it, like, yeah. my sister passing, my granddad passing, corona. There's three things that happened, and I'm here. But it's it's, it's disheartening because it's... it's, it's that's it's, how it's had crap. to go. That's how it had to go. Yeah. That, it's a, I guess, I feel it feels disheartening because... It's like, why did them situations mm. then push you to do it? Like, why was why couldn't it happen before? Sort of mm. thing. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pushing, and I'm not getting defensive. What you just said about would it have happened? But I'm just saying, like, it w- it w- it would happen, but it would still would happen in my time. Yeah. Get a barber shop, mm. but that that grit, man. That grit came from somewhere dark, bro. So for you, because a lot of people could go through them same situations or similar ones, but not it won't push them. It mm-hmm. might it might set them back even further. So why is it you think that for you it fueled you to want more and do more? Yeah, I I, I feel like don't get me wrong. I went through some dark times. Took I, I went I went I went on a, a bit a wall. Could have could have went down the, the the wrong the wrong road for a long time. But at the same time, I was like. 
got to get out of this situation because this nah. But then I think it was. I was thinking. I was thinking. There's a lot of people around in my family as well. In my family, we not really had the best starts. You know, a lot. I've got uncles that my mom's side not really had the opportunities, or have had the opportunities, and I'm seeing them just fall off. And then they look up to me now, but really I wanted to look up to you. Yeah, so, seeing, I used to see like, I used to see a lot of stuff. Seen a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even say, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I've seen a lot sure. of stuff, man. And it, when you see a lot of things, man, probably from the age of 13, it's like I was living a, I weren't living a double life, but I was living a life where I could see, I could see things gonna, it's gonna something's gonna happen. Here. I remember, I remember one of my uncles. He, he didn't care anyway. I didn't care. I remember my uncle in Saint Matthew's. He's telling me, "Yo, I'm gonna, I'm the, I'm the Godfather out here. You know, people have to respect me, you know, brother." And I said, "All right." I said, "I'm already, I'm already listening to him, but I'm, I'm, I'm deep in that. He's actually, he's talking with his ego." Lo and behold, not not gone. Do you know what I mean? And you, you got hit. I think you got hit with a fifteen, something stupid like that. And now I see him. He's sixty years old. Do you know what I mean? Because he never had no one in his ear that was saying what you're doing. Set up a business. Do this. So no one had his back. Like it's all good going there. It's all good going there. But then, is someone going to have you back after? And I feel like people say things but don't actually follow through with them. So my progression is down to my brothers watching it on a TV channel saying, yeah, I'm tuned in and they know something's coming rather than just be, you know, just being so like, yeah. I'm comfortable now. This ain't, this shop is not where I'm going to be in the next five years. I tell you that. Bigger things coming. Bigger things coming. More to come. More no, to come. Good. So, this is just, I'm just getting warmed up. And you have to kill me. You have to kill me to stop me. <laughs> it sounds mad, yeah. but you have to kill me to stop me, man. I'm, I'm coming, man. Yeah, like, man. Lester ain't holding me. Like, I've been so, like, nice to this place. Yeah, mm. what I mean by that, I'm, I'm nice to this place. You didn't value me. There's a, that's, that's why that's why I'm aggressive with my business because you didn't value me. All the people that employed me back then, all the people that I said you ain't going to do nothing, all the teachers that said you're just going to end up just on the streets or doing nothing, like, they didn't realise, nah, that ain't going to happen. But like I said before, when I see my mum working in a hosiery factory, yeah, that changed my whole perception of like life like when you see your mum struggling and you and you're going to come home and dare ask her or if my mum said turn off the lights lights are coming off if if the gas if I, yo very obedient to my mum you know what I mean yeah. so there's one person I never want to disappoint and that, that's what for a lot of guys they only we don't want to pat on the back we just want to make sure that our our, our, our families are good you know what I mean some people want to use their families I'm not one of them you know, people I just want to like I want the best and I feel like my um, 
growing up when my sister this is going back so I don't know how you're going to do this yeah because I'm just come from top it's a topic but when I was growing up 16 I think my sister got signed to a record label when she was 17 she she got signed to Warner Brothers so there's five years in between her so me being like 12 years old I'm like nah I'm thinking my sister's going to leave the house she's going to be successful she's going to she's not going to but she's already in deep she's singing with like like on the phone to Lauren Hill she's working with like genuine producers she's here she's there she's in Atlanta and then you know when you're seeing that you're like yo that's crazy and then uh, things didn't work out because they wanted her to be a certain way you know take her clothes off all kind of stuff and she, 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 she's very like nah that ain't happening she's come from like a church background she, she ain't doing that so she um took the money invested into a house and then from there she set up her performing arts school and then it's been running ever since and that's like she's been there for like 18 years so she's like one of the first entrepreneurs from our siblings that did that so when i seen her doing that i'm like no nah, i'm gonna do that but not now though because i've seen how much hard work it was so it was calculated in a way it was it was like it's like almost it was written um like how it's gone yeah because i like i say with your environment of what you see everyone will say oh that's luck but she took the opportunity to ring into the radio station at 16 years old and sing down the phone. That takes guts. But obviously you could do that back then. It's like being on a podcast now. You don't know what it can do. It's like throwing a rock in a puddle. You see the ripple effect. It's only, it's only going to happen over a period of time. So when she did that on a radio station, she sang, sang in, sang in, I think she sang a Leo or something at the time. And the record labels heard it or whatever. And then there's like rang her up. And then she's like, yo, you need to come down to London, whatever they need to do. And then, from there she was that was the start of her career and then yeah that's something I'll never forget because that's like the birth of me being a musician and me being an entrepreneur so yeah yeah man and just what I'd probably say on the shops obviously I've seen the page I've seen you like whose hair you cut mm. like the ballers and things like that where how is it that you got your let's say first big client and what made you want to push for those sort of clients um it's weird you know because it started off with the 23s it started off from people when i was at swiss canal there was a lot of um like semi-pro guys coming through a lot of the leicester academy i didn't even know who they were and then my name started to get about and obviously as you as you real, as you know they stay here for like one season then he started getting renowned and then Ezra, go to Ezra, he's cool. Ezra, and I weren't trying to be cool. I weren't, I'm just being me, yeah, same yeah. way. Just being me, bro. Like, ain't trying to be on them cringy shit. Yeah, man, you know, yeah. cringy barbers. And yeah, I'm not taking a picture of you today, bro. Mm. In my head, I'm like, I'm not taking a picture of you. I mean, I'm not doing that. But they were just like, trims must, must have been coming out good because I was coming back. And um, it started off with, I think, I think Calvin Bassi was one of them um, and a few others as well. A few others just come from the academy and it started to spread like that. And then I think my first big one, I'm trying to think, you know, there was not a first big one because it was all from the ground up. But obviously now, 
You got that Wesley, big name. You, yeah. we, the big name now is Wesley Fofana. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's gone from he's gone from Leicester to get inside for is it eight two eighty two mil to Chelsea. So when I when I when I messaged him on on when I I knew he was coming through the transfer window, so someone said to me, "Oh, check my man out." I can't remember who said it. I don't know if I did it on my own whim or someone said it. No, someone told me, but I can't remember who. No, Brendan. Yes, there's a guy called Brendan that I caught. Brendan Watkins. I caught. He said, "Check this guy out." So I messaged him. I said, "Listen, I can do your hair, man." And I liked his face. He had this like cheeky face. You know what I mean? He just looked. He just looked like he was cool. And uh, didn't do no research on him. I didn't even know what position he played, bro. I just know he just came from Saint Etienne, and uh, we started forming a relationship. And then I messaged him and his 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 cousin, who was kind of like his translator. Them two were like that, you know. Them two very close. We grew up together from since then in Marseille, and and so Calvin, his name is, he goes by the name C twenty two. I don't know. I don't know the story behind it. It's just C22. But he, he said to me, yo, yeah, come to the hotel, Nova Hotel. So I go there. Can't speak. I can't speak French. And uh, his cousin was translating. It was one of the nervous, most nerve-wracking moments because it's like I've, it's like I'm, sta- not so much staring at myself. The energy in the room was like, let's see what you, let's see what you can do then. Yeah. You felt like you had something to prove. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and, and in my head at the time, every time I cut someone's hair, I'm like, you don't know my journey, man. You don't know my journey, man. Like, for me to be even cutting your hair, I'm not saying you should be privileged, yeah, yeah. But I've come from some. So even after you have to, oh, humility is not even. It's not even humility. It's just down to, you've got to stay grounded no matter what. You've got to stay grounded analogy again always come with these analogies. you can't have a plug socket here without having it grounded you have to have that and if you don't circuits blow up in it so that's why sometimes I just say to myself stay grounded as well stay grounded don't tell them too much about yourself let them know who you are in time and um, it just so happened that we formulated a, a good relationship they respect me highly they invited me to his wedding when he first got married in Monaco and I say we're not just like clients now you're like family and it's not about the money it's about the respect so the respect is you respect man highly do you know what I mean you can't call someone your brother like without knowing that you got, there's a form of respect so if, if he needs me I'm there innit yeah. and he don't need to he could have went he had, he had so many barbers try to shout him when he was in when he first joined Chelsea like you know HD cuts like, shout out to HD cuts innit but your thing in it, but he must have said, Oh, I see you. I think it's just cocky to say that. I see you soon. Yeah, if you know a man's cutting a man's hair, why are you gonna say see you soon? I'd never put that, you know what I mean? To so any footballer, even if I was the main shop here, someone else, see you soon. I'd either say, Hi, welcome to the city, bloody blah. If you'd like a haircut from me, blood, but you know, he's tried him out, he's tried him out because I wasn't available. But now we've formulated a contract and stuff like that and it's just blessed, it's just smooth, got mutual respect and I just wish him that he continues doing what he's doing at Chelsea and I feel like, yeah, everything that's happened so far, it's just been a blessing, man. Blessings upon blessings, man. So like, hopefully like, even like financially, 
this podcast can kind of take it to the next level. Do you know what I mean? This is I the start of so. everything. I think yeah. it's gonna. I think it's gonna absolutely take off if you build a team. If your guy over there, I know he's thinking he's he's, he's starving right now. <laughs> he's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like if you if you guys at this age, nothing can stop you, bro. Nothing can stop you. Like you've got something to actually look at and say, this is here, and the sacrifice of a man has made things happen. Do you know what I mean? Like domino effect, it's made things happen. And I feel like when I was growing up, there was nothing like this. There was no one to say, let me see. Actually, no, there was. There was one guy, um, Nick, um, his name's Nicky Francis. Um, he uh, he owned Mancho Hairbase at the time. And um, him and Waza was one of the first people I seen. And I was like, yo, you got cut hair well, man. And uh, I wanted to get my hair cut there. And from then I seen it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just one guy from Leicester. Where's the rest? Where's the rest? And I feel like a lot of people get themselves into, pro- a lot of people get themselves into things that they don't need to because they want to either look like, look like the guy or they're doing it because they, they've got too much pride. You know what I mean? I remember working in Colville. I couldn't believe it. I've seen so many men that were saying on the they're on road, but you're working here, like you're working. We're we're delivering sofas. I've had twenty eight jobs. I've seen a lot of guys. Twenty eight jobs, bro. KFC. Next directory on the phones. Hastings Direct. BT. Seven Trent. Bare jobs. Do you know what I mean? And I've had to have had to have those jobs because I can't be just a barber or just a musician. I've had to actually go get a job. There's nothing wrong with going to get a job. It's just if you learn from a job, you're not going to be there forever. Do you know what I mean? Use the job as a slave, not not you being a slave to the job. That's how I see it. If you can if you can use your nine to five and laugh and joke in there and ha ha ha, get paid. But you know between that between five and ten at night. You got your thing that you're gonna concentrate on. You be on your way. People get upset and frustrated because their money's going down because of what they're doing in in, in society socially. If you you don't have to do that, you can you, you can work with the right people that have got similar mindsets and grow from something. I've seen so many people doing it now through like, say through Corona because they've had to think out of the box, or they've seen a job like as it is getting furloughed and stuff like that. And there's like, there's kind of been like a, a birth of like a lot of entrepreneurs, but at the same time, you can't call yourself entrepreneur if you've not got a sustainable business that's been running for a long period of time. You've just got to keep going and keep jumping them hurdles because you're going to face them. That's just, that's just business. You're going to face them, man. I've had people come in here work alongside me thinking that they're they're gonna be on here till the wheels fall off. News splash they ain't. They're already thinking like when I when I spoke about being with graffitis at Albertos, <coughs> they're using me as a stepping stone. But I have to congratulate them and say, Yeah, well that's good. I hope you can do I can, I hope you can be just as successful as I am. And then you realise, no, they've not got the same work ethic. So you always win. It's just about where you see yourself. 
And just to finish off, for you this year, so we're in January now, January, mm-hmm. where do you see, what is your goal or plan for this year? Um, I want to franchise the shop. So I want to get other people. I mean, I want to I want to put it as a franchise. And, um, and uh, we're planning something. We're planning something. It's gonna, it's gonna happen overseas in Dubai. So, we've got something coming, man. Right. With Mister Fafana. Okay. We've got something coming. So, yeah, we've been planning that for the last say two, three. It's just it's just finding out what. Um, it's not it's not something that has to involve me getting any money. It's just what I want to see within 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 our circle. You know, and once I can get that in motion and help then we can f- sort out another thing and another thing and keep going. Because the unique thing is that they've seen this shop in their own eyes from nothing so they can see my work ethic again. So once you see someone's work ethic again and again, I always look at someone's injury. So his injury, for instance, I see his work ethic, he see mine. It Maybe he's a footballer, I'm a businessman, but it doesn't matter. You're both riding off each other's mindset, which is to win. And you, we, I just love winning. I'm obsessed with it, bruv. If I don't win, I just get all frustrated. I get angry, man. So, that's just how I am. I'm nuts, you know, bro. Like, my energy in here, you see on a Monday or Tuesday, <coughs> I never come in here with this upset and stuff like that. Yeah, energy's always high. Energy's always high, man. Just gotta, you just, you just gotta... Man, you know, you, when you get some guys, yeah, and they just feel like, um, they're so disheartened and they feel pressure. It's because we felt pressure from since we came out of the womb. A guy's pressure is crazy. Like, not in comparison. I'm not comparing women or anything like that. But women have their own pressures. But guys' pressure is like, we have to become a man early. Do you know what I mean? A man in, a, a man in the Amazon's probably like 12, 13 years old. Do you know what I mean? As soon as, as soon as this little pubes start growing, but you're a man. So, <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. It's true. Like, people think, oh, we're so, we're so baby, we're so babysat. Like, we're, we're very babysat by society in, in, in the UK and stuff because of, because of how we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned from since school to believe that at 16, you become a man. At 17, you go to college. And at 18, you go to university. By the time you're 21, then you can, then you're a man. You ain't a man. You're you're a man from since you know how what the value of money is. Once you know how to make money, you're you're a man, because you already a, a, a guy's a guy's daughter's. I mean, a girl's father's gonna ask the ask you or any guy, how are you gonna look after my daughter? When you break down the questions, like, what are you doing? Can you work? What's your work ethic like? Can you take care of this family? How are you going to take care of this family? So, yeah. That's another form of pressure that like a lot of guys don't realise until it's too late. <clears throat> and even when it is, even when you do have a kid, it's not a problem. you just got to level up, man. you just got to keep going. you just got to have that lion pride, man. Gotta have that lion pride, man. A lot of men just think, oh yeah, I'm just get comfortable. You gotta get so uncomfortable to be comfortable. 
Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get so uncomfortable to be comfortable, man. I watch this thing, for instance. Yeah, David, I like watching this like wildlife sometimes to see because animals are only using a small percentage of brain, but they maximize that small percentage of brain. So, for instance, like a lion, he ain't got our intelligence, but I watch this thing. Yeah, the lioness. Yeah, <coughs> the lioness is there with the lion and the cubs. The lion, yeah, the male lion, yeah, he is chilling and every so often, yeah, he just roars, yeah? He just roars, but his his roar, his roar transcends, yeah? Transcends to like, I don't know, I think it's like 80 miles or something. Something stupid. I don't know if it's 10 miles or 100 miles, but it, create, it, it creates this sound wave that other lions are like are aware of so they know he's present. So this, they call them that the, the out the, the waste man lines in it. They're called waste man lines. So I'm just calling that because I can't remember the terminology what he used. Yeah, yeah. but these other lines now are just wandering around, but they're trying to get to him because they know he's about. But they're seeing how weak his roar is, so they start trying to go around his radius. So you can imagine if he's raw, if he if he's raw, they're thinking, all right, I'm gonna try and go around this side because we didn't. That's where his weak weakest part is. Yeah. So they've got closer. So this lion roared again. Now he's got to use a different way to get in. Anyway, to get close to him. Now I'm thinking, surely the lioness and the lion backs up. You know, like they, they try and fight these two lions. No, the lioness chills. Yeah. The lion now has to show he's a lion. So he has to fight for his family. So, if he loses the fight, you know what happens? The lion, the, the waste man lion becomes a lion, bro. And just takes over his cubs, takes his lioness. And I'm thinking to myself, that's mad. Because in, in, in our society, it happens so often. Do you know what I mean? It happens so often. Like, it, it's just who wants that, res who, who wants that responsibility, really? Do you know what I mean? Someone have that, someone want that responsibility, some man don't. But for me, it's like, nah. I have to you have to always be that lion, man. And life is always gonna throw crazy things at you to, to try and um try and kill your spirit. Like anything can happen. The worst of the worst can happen. But sometimes I I don't know if my mindset's a bit crazy but it is a bit crazy it's a bit tapped because I've been through a lot so some people will say to me oh, you need to go and check you know like you've gone through a lot of trauma go check this person but I feel like I need all that trauma in my life to make me keep going because if I go and speak to one of these shrinks now they're going to turn around and say to me oh yeah what you need to do is just take a step back and that's what they're going to say I think you're doing too much because they're going to compare themselves to me or they're gonna compare. They're gonna compare a normal human being, what they class as normal, to me, and you realize you're not like that. You, you're a unique person. Same way with you. They're gonna say, "What are you doing here on a Sunday?" Chatting to a man in a barber shop. So, yeah, I just feel like it's just I don't know, just different, eh? Just different, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, well. well wrap it up there yeah but wrap yo, it up man because this, this has been a lot <laughs> nah, this man, has been a lot it, man. but yo thank you 
Thank you for letting us in the shop, man. It's been good, man. Pleasure yeah. chatting to you, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate yeah, man. it, man. Respect.